In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Septuagesimus Sunday is recorded in Exodus chapter 17. All the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin according to the commandment of the Lord and camped in Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people, and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is recorded in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapters 9 and 10. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, 
for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give this last man the same as to you. This is the word of the Lord. There are no entitlements in the kingdom of heaven. Resentment, jealousy, or envy of other Christians has no place in the church. Jesus is the landowner in the vineyard. He employs his workers, and it's an interesting expression, isn't it? To speak about the call to faith and being saved by grace as employment. But he does it for a reason. You see, there are activities associated with the Christian faith in Christ Jesus and the grace of God. In other words, because we believe in the Lord Jesus and trust in the free gift of salvation in him, we pray. That is an activity. We confess our sins. That is an activity. Because we believe in the Lord Jesus, pastors, uh, preach, they study the scriptures, they visit the sick and the dying. They extend themselves in their daily work because they believe in the grace of God. The Christian in his or her vocation in life, because of faith in the grace of God, works. A husband shoulders the burden of his wife, caring for her, protecting her, being merciful to her. The mother cares for her children, expending herself out of faith in the grace of God, not only in childbirth, but in child rearing and in the compassion and love for the family. There's lots of work that we do as Christians, isn't there? But for us as Christians, it is the grace of God that undeserved forgiveness and mercy of the Lord Jesus that is the strength of our life, that animates our life and our life's work. So it becomes an expression of our faith in the grace of God when we faithfully live in our vocation. Yet we are all prone to resent those who aren't as faithful as we are, who don't seem to be 
doing what God has called them to do in their work as Christians. Let me tell you a story from the New Testament scriptures. John Mark was likely the rich young man who came to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, let go of everything and follow me. And on that occasion, he didn't have the strength to do it. Nor do any of us, by our own reason or strength, can we believe in Jesus Christ our Lord, come to him or follow him in our life's work. So John Mark went away sad. He was very likely the young man who followed Jesus and the disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane wearing only his linen garment as Jesus prayed there, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will but thine be done. And when they arrested Jesus and tried to grab this young man, he fled naked, stripped of everything. What a great picture of what it is to be a Christian because apart from the clothing that we have in Jesus, we're nothing. We must be clothed with his righteousness. We must receive his grace. And it is through the things in our life that we struggle against, particularly the weaknesses of our own sinful nature in our life's work as Christians, that we are taught dependence upon the grace of God. And by his grace, he calls us to flee to him again in prayer, confessing our sin, renouncing the ways of the flesh and our own weaknesses and saying, Lord, help me. Fast forward in the ministry of John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark. He was the nephew of Barnabas, the man whose very name means son of encouragement. It was a name given to him because Barnabas never failed to give the encouragement of the grace of God to those who needed it, like his nephew. But also like the Apostle Paul. For after Saul of Tarsus was converted, it was Barnabas who encouraged Saul of Tarsus and encouraged the apostles and the church in Jerusalem to receive that one who once was an enemy of the gospel and tried to destroy it. Over 10 years later, Barnabas and Saul, who would become the Apostle Paul on his first missionary journey, took with them John Mark. And they first sailed to Barnabas' home area, the island of Cyprus. And they preached the gospel there in the synagogues of the Jews and even gave testimony to the proconsul Sergius Paulus. It was a successful missionary trip to Cyprus. And then they sailed to the mainland of Asia Minor. And that was rugged country. There were bandits and there were thieves. There was the threat of disease and sickness. And as we learn from Paul's first missionary journey, there was terrible persecution. Paul himself was nearly stoned to death. Soon after they landed on the mainland, John Mark 
didn't have the strength to continue in the work. And he returned to Jerusalem. When Barnabas on the second missionary journey wanted to take John Mark again, Paul said, absolutely not. And St. Luke records in the book of Acts that there was no small dispute among these brothers in Christ. So intense and fierce was the dispute. You can imagine, I don't want that lily-livered John Mark with us. That would have been characteristic of Paul's personality. And so they divided at that time. Barnabas took John Mark, and Paul went with Silas. Barnabas went back to the island of Cyprus, and Paul and Silas visited the churches in Asia Minor, founded on the first missionary journey, and then went on to Macedonia and Greece in the European continent. Through the things that we suffer in our life's work as Christians, in other words, the things that the gospel compels us to do, but then we fall short of doing that work, like John Mark, who didn't have the strength to continue on that first missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas, or like Paul himself, who resented Mark and wanted nothing to do with him because of his weakness. Through those experiences, the Lord, by his grace, taught them to rely, even in their work as Christians, even in their calling as Christians, to live exclusively by grace. We don't know the entire circumstance of the reconciliation. But we do know that toward the end of Paul's ministry, he pleaded to have John Mark sent to him as a dear son and brother in the faith. Through the things that we fail to do as husbands and wives, as pastors and sheep, through the things that we fail to do in our life's work as Christians, that we want with all our heart to do, the Lord teaches us to pray, to confess our sins, to do it throughout our lives, and to learn total and utter dependence upon the grace of God, regardless of what hour of the day we're called to faith, or how frequently the call of the gospel of God's grace comes to us. In the parable, the workers are all paid the same wage, regardless of when they started on the job. How wonderfully politically incorrect that is. They should have filed a grievance. For Jesus' concept of work to teach us the concept of grace and salvation in Christ turns our thinking upside down. Both Paul and John Mark and Barnabas, the son of encouragement, were taught the all-sufficiency of God's grace, which alone is the engine by which we work faithfully in our calling as Christians. Salvation in Christ and our entire life of Christian service is one of grace. 
and grace alone. As Christians, we are given what we don't deserve, forgiveness, life, salvation. Who of us deserves this? The Holy Spirit calls us to faith in Christ, and then he calls us to live that faith in the very concrete expressions of the Christian faith, in our prayers that claim his promises, in renunciation on a regular basis throughout our life of devil world and our own Adamic sinful nature, that we might learn total and utter dependence upon the grace of God. So our vocation as Christians becomes the cross upon which the sinful flesh of self-righteousness and pride is crucified. In the parable, the landowner was good because he was the source of everything. Without the landowner, there is no vineyard to work in. In other words, you could say, without Jesus' death upon the cross, none of us could live. None of us would have a single solitary thing to do in thanksgiving to God within his church. Without the landowner, there's no vineyard. There's no money to pay the workers. There is no work to do whatsoever. He's the source of everything. The Lord is good because his love is the source of everything we are and have as Christians. I'm sure that the Apostle Paul, over time, learned to see in the weakness of John Mark the same weakness that was a part of his own nature, though it exhibited itself in a different way. From the salvation of the Lord Jesus to the gifts of life, marriage, family, to our life's work, talents, abilities, to the callings we have in the church, it is all a gift of God's grace. No matter how great or humble those tasks and activities may be, there are no entitlements in the kingdom of heaven, only gifts of grace that Jesus earned for us. There is no jealousy, envy, resentment of one another because Jesus has taken it all away in his death upon the cross. And yet we experience those things that through the experience of our own weaknesses, like Paul and John Mark with each other, we might learn to return to his grace and to look nowhere else for the strength to live in our callings. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Friends in Christ, I urge you all to lift up your hearts to God the Father and pray as our Lord Jesus has taught us and freely promised to hear us. God our Father in heaven, look with mercy on us, your needy children on earth, and grant us grace that your holy name be hallowed by us and all the world through the pure and true teaching of your word 
and the fervent love shown forth in our lives. Graciously turn from us all false doctrine and evil living, whereby your precious name is blasphemed and profaned. Lord, in your mercy. May your kingdom come to us and expand. Bring all transgressors and those who are blinded and bound in the devil's kingdom to know Jesus Christ, your Son, by faith, that the number of Christians may be increased. Grant your blessing upon our call we have extended to a seminary graduate and grant your blessing and protection to Katie Larson, Lynn Leiter, Doug Palm, Carol David, Matt Gatchel, and Cole Peterson celebrating baptismal birthdays this week. Lord, in your mercy. Strengthen us by your spirit according to your will, both in life and in death, in the midst of both good and evil things, that our own wills may be crucified daily and sacrificed your good and gracious will into your merciful hands. We commend Deacon Gatchel, who is hospitalized and undergoing abdominal testing. Walter Williams, recuperating from open-heart surgery yesterday. Jeremy LaFour and his continued recovery from paralysis. Gabby Hartwig, as she continues therapeutic treatment. Ralph Fisher, who is hospitalized with pneumonia and blood clots. Amy Bruss, who continues a long road of recovery from a brain hemorrhage and surgery. Harold Campen at Linden Grove Care Center. Jan Wollen recovering from eye surgery. Reverend Dwayne Schneider entering nursing home care. And all those who are in treatment for cancer, Nancy, Abrieba, Amaso, Jim, James, and Josiah. We commend all who are in need of our prayers. Praying for them at all times, thy will be done. Lord, in your mercy. Grant us our daily bread, preserve us from greed and selfish cares, and help us trust in you to provide for all our needs. Make us truly thankful for all of the blessings of this life especially the gift of marriage. And we pray for Aaron and Janine Walentowski, Bob and Jerry Zaretsky, celebrating wedding anniversaries this week. Lord, in your mercy. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us, so that our hearts may be at peace and may rejoice in a good conscience before you, and that no sin may ever frighten or alarm us. Lord, in your mercy. Lead us not into temptation, O Lord, but help us by your Spirit to subdue our flesh, to turn from the world and its ways, and to overcome the devil with all his wiles. Lord, in your mercy. And lastly, O Heavenly Father, deliver us from all evil of both body and soul now and forever. Lord, in your mercy. We trust, O Lord, in your great mercy to hear and answer us through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord our God, King of all creation. For you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Grant us your spirit, gracious Father, that we may give heed to the testament of your Son in true faith, and above all firmly take to heart the words with which Christ gives to us his body and blood for our forgiveness. By your grace, lead us to remember and give thanks for the boundless love which he manifested to us when by pouring out his precious blood, he saved us from your righteous wrath and from sin, death, and hell. Grant that we may receive the bread and wine that is his body and blood as a gift, guarantee, and pledge of his salvation. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, to you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at his command and with his own words, we receive his testament. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks... He gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Oh. 
sight. And with the other two, all love they sore, one to me, the call and praise the Lord. Holy is God, the Lord of Sabaoth. Holy is God, the Lord of Sabaoth. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up, look upon you with favor and give you peace. Welcome to the Divine Service. Two announcements. One, the uh, St. Peter option dealing with these topical challenges to the faith continues, uh, concluding today the portion on relativism and then versus the truth of God's word and the beauty of creation. And secondly, Good morning, just a very quick two announcements regarding the auction, which is close at hand for us. Uh, if you sign up for to donate a basket or have other donations, we are still in need of those. If you could bring them in this week, that would be great. Uh, if not, you can talk to me as well, uh, and we are still looking for things. Um, the second is, uh, it is time to register for the auction. Tickets are available online. Uh, it is single ticket, which includes dinner and the auction and drinks is currently $30, 